Nick Kiprios here for The Real Kipper at Noon Show, coming to you from the Finger Lakes in New York State. Yes, I'm on the road. No RV like Doug McLean, but I'm trying to get home. That's the key today, July 5th, a big day in Ontario, Canada. I can cross over the border without being quarantined like my good friend, Doug McLean. Mac, you're not in quarantine anymore. I'm trying to avoid it here. The Montreal Canadiens are trying to avoid it being swept in the series. Can we all hang on another day? That's the question. Quarantine has been the name of the playoffs. I've been in quarantine. Ducharme's been in quarantine. The GM, McCrimmon, has been in quarantine. And the Montreal Canadiens, well, they could quarantine if starting tomorrow if they don't finish up a little stronger. They've got to have a bigger game tonight. So quarantine has been great that you're going to be allowed back in your country. I think Isn't it's that terrific. Nice. It's really, that big nice. of, really big of Justin to let you back into your own country. <laughs> so I get to hang out here for a little while longer at a wonderful resort uh, off the lake on July 4th weekend. I hope everybody had a good one. Jordan, how, how good was your, uh, your July 4th weekend? Uh, did you have a late night? Yeah, I was complaining about it pre-show, so you guys are chirping me a little bit. I, my neighbors were partying until past midnight last night, fireworking, playing music. I was, and I, I knew we had this early wake-up call. Right now, it's uh, seven sixteen Mountain Standard Time, so you know I'm struggling hey, over here. Hey, jo- Jordan, midnight? Are you a wimp or what? Like, yeah. come on, man! You party till three in the morning before it bothers you. I'm on a I'm midnight. on a three hour difference than you, big guy over there. You know, you're in, you're in Atlanta. I'm two time zones over. When we when we oh. set a call time for for, for seven a.m. Mountain time, yeah, I'm getting to bed pretty early. I can promise you that. Mac, did the Montreal Canadiens get to bed early enough that they can extend this series? Just give me your overall feel before we get into any kind of game specifics or details. Give me your overall feel. I really feel the Montreal Canadiens have to win a game here just to save face. They've they built so much stock in the first three rounds. Kind of get the feeling it gets pissed away on a, on a sweep. What are your thoughts? I'm, give, I'm, I'm giving you a shit here right now. I'm giving you nothing because I'm 0 for 3 in this series. I was 3-0 and 0 in the last series when it mattered, and I'm 0-3 in this series. These guys have let me down big time. Now... With that said, Tampa Bay have been just too good. I mean, just too good in every – I mean, their power play is only two for seven, but they've been too good in every area of the game, uh, starting from the net out. And, and what do you say? They've been, ex- they've been exceptional. Montreal, yeah, there's been big mistakes, but I, I just – like, I'm hoping they can win tonight and extend it just to save face. But I'll tell you what, it's a monumental mountain to climb against this hockey team. They're hitting on all cylinders. The, it's just not the Montreal Canadiens, the organization, the fans. This has not been a very good Stanley Cup final for the National Hockey League for, I think, ratings, all of it, Mac. Again, um, it was it set up for failure. Uh, an 18th seeded team making the playoffs. I'm not... They're, they're, I'm not writing them off just yet, but it, yes, it's, playing, it's playing out, Mac, the way we thought it was going to play out for Montreal just a month and a half later. I mean, it speaks volumes to how good they've been and how perfect they've been. 
but is it just the reality setting in that this team was was playing on house money from from game one against the Leafs? Well, you you said it the other day prior to the series, and you know I never thought a lot of it, but I I've been as you watch each game, you're wondering what have they got left in the tank. I, I experienced this in the Stanley Cup Finals, where we won a game seven in Pittsburgh. And that night we were on a flight to Colorado to start the series. So we win, we're on a plane that night and we're flying West to Colorado with time change. Now I, you know, Montreal, no time change, but tough emotional series coming off of, I know Tampa did the same, but maybe they've run out of a little bit of juice. And you talked about that. Can this big four, bring it again can veteran Terry Price bring it again um can the kids bring it again there was a lot of questions I had hoped that you know I you look at the way they played prior defensively I thought they could give them a go but to be quite honest it hasn't been close it hasn't been close is is this really uh, a mirror image of 1996 with you the Panthers going up against Joe Sackick and the likes of Patrick Waugh, is do you see similarities? I do. And I, I mean, the first game out there, you know, we, we, it was a reasonably close game. The second game, we had nothing in the tank and we got trounced, I believe, 7-1. We come back to Florida and we lose a one-goal game, either 3-2, 4-3. I don't remember what it was. Patrick Waugh stood on his head every game. And then we lost game four at home, one nothing in triple overtime. And it was it was a battle. I mean, the goaltender, 75 shots, 75 saves by Waugh, 70 saves by Van Beesbrook. So it was an amazing battle, but we weren't we weren't good enough. They they had too much firepower all the way around, and Patrick Waugh was on his game. Beezer was too, but they just had too much firepower for us. I liken it maybe a little more to when Detroit had sweeps over Jersey and was it 97 and 98 where they swept swept Jersey in one series and I believe it was Philly in another series, four nothing sweeps. Maybe it was a little more like the powerful Detroit Red Wings starting to really get it going. I would say it's more like that series than our series. So what stands out the most for you in this series? For me personally, Mac, it really comes down to listening to Carey Price say that I, I need to be better. And the fact that he's given up uh, as, as many goals in this series as he basically has what it feels like in the first uh, three rounds. He, he, he needs to be better than the guy across from him. And clearly he's not. He is he, a distant second-best goaltender in this series. And, and I, I, I agree with that. He, he's done so much. He's carried them this far. He was a difference maker in every series. So it's tough to criticize him. But what bothered me more than the goals he's given up is when they've given up goals. They're, you know, they, they come out in game three, a must win at home, excitement, bup, 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 and it's two nothing before we could even get the, before I could even get my goddamn bowl of ice cream, it's two nothing, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, so then they battle back and make it two one, then it's four one. So it's the game prior with, you know, the end of the period, it, it's a battle and they give up the, the Coleman goal. 
on a on a great play in the dying seconds of the second. It's it's the timing of when they've made big mistakes. And you'll look at it, and I'm looking at Loken and not getting the puck out. He's been one of their best defensive guys, doesn't get the puck out. Anderson misses his check at the point on a on a rotation. I mean, it just it's not getting the puck deep. It's big mistakes, but they're happening every game. And it's costing them because this team is too good on the counterattack and they capitalize because of their talent. Desharm talked about not going away quietly, making changes uh, either with his uh, lineup, uh, with his lines, defensive pairs. A lot of play now in the last 24 hours about uh, Romanoff being out, Gustafson, Mac. Mac, that's not NHL. Not only is that not NHL uh, playoff defense, that's not even preseason NHL playoff defense. Gustafson had a horrible night. Tyler Johnson, one on four scoring. Like, I don't understand Romanov out, Mac. When you talk well, about the experience that a Kaki and Emmy's getting in a Suzuki, why wouldn't you want this kid on your blue line absorbing all of this experience moving forward? Why sit him out? I, I think they believed they needed Gustus, Gustafson on the power play. And now with him going off the power play, according to practice yesterday, where that's all they worked on was their special teams, in particular the power play, with Petrie replacing him on the power play on that first unit, then you don't need Gustafson because that's the only reason he was there, in my opinion, was because of the power play. So, you know, the power play is one for six. They they got to try something different. I'm going with the big body Romanov. I know he hasn't played, but he's big, he's strong, and they need some size, especially around the net. So I'm, I'm going to – I know it's a lot to ask for Romanov as a, as a rookie, essentially – but I, I'm, I'm taking a chance and make, I'm, I'm making a change. I'm going to make a change somehow, some way to figure this out and, uh, you know, and, and then come back and, and figure out what he wants to do vis-a-vis matchups. The other day, Desharm spent over an hour on the, uh, the power play, Mac. I mean, we're talking about a power play that uh, you're lucky if you get a couple of opportunities a game. And I'm not, I'm not taking away the importance of a power play goal in the Stanley Cup final. But would you have put so much emphasis on just the power play in the last 48 hours? Yeah, I think I think it's important. And, and because he's been away from the team for an extended period of time, he wanted to get that sort of uh, session in with himself involved. That's fine. But all I'm talking about prior to game one is puck management, and I mean smart with the puck. I mean, we've talked about it every game, and it hasn't changed. And the second thing I'm talking about is I'm going to try Koleski's helmet off tonight. (laughs) You're buying into my theory. I'm buying into what you talked about a few days ago on the show. They have not bothered him at all. Haven't gone anywhere near them. They've tried around the paint. Price has had to fix his mask a half a dozen times in this series, and it's mostly from slap shots in the face, or then you know where it's knocked it. But 
They have got to get to this guy or they have no chance whatsoever. He has been that good, that focused. I don't know if they can, but I know one thing. If they don't bother Vasilevsky tonight, they don't have a snowball's chance. Is We, we talked about points, production with a consecutive goal-scoring streak, but th- th- there's no question who the MVP is if Tampa Bay wins tonight. Is there? Well... Vasilevsky to me has been the guy, but how close is Hedman with what he's done? I mean, I I love I know you're a big fan of Fox in the New York, but are you kidding me? Like, are you shitting me? I mean, come on. I mean, it makes no sense to me when I watch this guy play. Anyway, that's it for another story. Anyway, I, I just think Hedman's been a horse. Kucherov's been terrific. Like Kucherov's little chip on the way to the net the other day. Like, how many guys make that chip shot to to basically end the game? You know, basically ended the game. You know, when I found out that the score was six four, was so pissed off at four one, I went to bed. <laughs> and when I and and because of prostrate challenges. At 4 a.m., I was using the bathroom, and I took my phone in and checked the, checked the score and saw it was 6-4. So, you know, it ended it. So big plays by big people. Your big guys have come through. But I'm going to tell you something. And we've talked about this for a couple of years. And I'm not a GM anymore, so I can shoot my mouth off. But let me tell you something. If you don't have a great third line, time you don't win in the playoffs and everybody spends a ton of money at the line top of the lineup and all these teams and you watch and tell me that Gord, Goudreau and Coleman have not been as important as anybody other than Vasilevsky in this series and maybe Hedman that line can play against anybody I love what Cooper said they take a gun to a knife fight this line is tough to play against. And every year we see teams that win Stanley Cups have great third lines. And what do teams do around the National League? Spend all their money at the top and, 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 and put, plug, plug guys into the third line. Well, is, is, it, is it fair to call them a third line? They start games, play 18, no. 19 minutes. Matt, they, they, they aren't a third line. They are... Oh. They are arguably they switch uniforms tonight. Would they not be the number one line for the Montreal Canadiens? Oh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but you look at you've got to go points line is number one. Sorella's line without Killorn is not really the second line. They drop down, but that the importance of these three guys is so critical. Now, yeah, they've got the cap three of uh LTI to be able to have the third line and to have a Johnson on your fourth line. But I'm telling you something, when you're building your team, I said it for a couple of years in Toronto. I like Kerfoot as a player. Don't take him into war. Don't take him into these type of battles as, as your third line guy. I'm sorry. If you don't have a third line or a second and a half line this time of year, lights out. You got, you got to have it. And it's really tough. Kutki and Emmy, Paul Byron, and Josh Anderson, they were that, that line for the Montreal Canadiens. 
going into the Stanley Cup final. They were. They were. And they and they 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 you know luckily, you know, they've been able to get some guys at the top of the lineup playing above, you know, which has really helped them. But it's not compared with Kokaniemi's lack of experience. And look, the kid has been terrific. I, I full marks to him. Anderson's been good. They just they they don't play the same way, and they don't score the big goals in this series, like the Gord line has. And we've been talking about Gord for how many years? How many years have we been talking about Gord? I mean, this guy comes in, and and then the trade that Brisbane did to bring these two guys in. At a critical time, they have changed. They yeah, embarrassed by Columbus a couple of years ago. They were beaten up by Columbus a couple of years ago. And this line did not allow Columbus to beat them up last year. It was a hundred. It was a, a major swing in this organization. The building of this line, and that's, that's how good they've been. Th- those two trades, the Goudreau Coleman trade, put put Steve Eiserman's work over the top. It did. And, and Brisbane deserves the credit for it. And you know what? We were all sitting there. What do you mean? You're giving up a first round pick. Are you serious? You're giving up young foot. Are you serious? And all of a sudden, he's going to win two Stanley Cups in all likelihood. And this line has been a difference maker. Gord was able to move to center from the wing they can play against everybody they bring a physicalness they bring speed they bring scoring ability they bring a checking element third lines are so important and i get you're right they're not really a third line but they got two second lines in which is pretty good for sure you know how disappointing these these finals have been for the national hockey league you actually have the mayor of Tampa Bay cheering for Montreal in game four. She has publicly stated she wants Montreal to win so that Tampa Bay Lightning can win the Stanley Cup in game five at home. Mac, that's just not right. Well, if, she, if, they, if they pull off the miraculous miracle and come back and win, she is out of... They will be throwing her off the boat instead of the Stanley <laughs> Cup. You know how Brady threw the cup? Throwing her off one of the boats and keeping the Stanley Cup on the boat. So she better hope they don't come back here. <laughs> what are your thoughts tonight? Uh, I, I, can't, I can't give Montreal a game other than hoping that it extends and I'd love for it to extend. I'd love the interest to come back, but everybody's writing them off. And with good reason, the lineup's not clearly as deep as Tampa Bay's. It's playing out the way it, it, it should have probably played out even earlier for Montreal, but give them full credit because the game's not played on paper, but this is, this is paper plus the game on the ice. Jill, put a bottle of red in the just in the wine fridge there to start cooling it off. Hey, because I'm going to start drinking at the start of the game tonight. I'm not worrying about analysis. I've given up. I'm going to start drinking right off the hop. So I'm not even worrying about it tonight. Is is that before or after the ice cream? 
Well, I'll, I just have ice cream. I reason I have ice cream at night is that stops me from drinking anymore. It's a drink stopper is what ice cream is. Okay, so let me let me let me explain this to our, our listeners and our uh, our viewers. Matt thinks it's over. Tampa Bay's <laughs> gonna win tonight, but he's really hoping Montreal wins. That's yes. what you're telling me. That's what I'm telling you. That's exactly what I'm telling you. And you know what? It's gotta it's gotta be all the little things. All they've made ten mistakes in this series and Every one of them has ended up in their net. Whether, like, just the play the other night with the icing. And they get the number one line, you know, out against the other line. one nothing. You know, just little things like yeah. sharpness on the bench. And I, I, I really enjoyed listening to McDonough talk about Cooper. No, he's not an X and O guy. He can be, but he's not an X. He's a, he's a philosopher. He, he sets the tone. Is his, his, it, it's about being in the now, you know. It's not the X and O. The X and O's are not going to be the difference with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've got too much talent that the X and O's aren't going to be. They play a solid game, but it's the mindset. And they've got the mindset of a winner right now. And Montreal, unfortunately for them, it's, uh, it's not there. There's, there's no question that Cooper, is he can manage a lineup. And we know there's some egos there for sure. Yeah. But he, the last few years, he has managed a lineup. And I totally agree with McDonough's assessment that this is yeah. all about uh, managing your, your roster. And, and it's, it's, it's not the X's and O's. He, you know what? They got beat by Columbus. And it was people, he was getting ripped. His job was on the line after Columbus beat them four straight. So what happened there? He made some adjustments with the coaching staff, but the personnel made the difference. The personnel that were brought in made a difference against Columbus, in my opinion. And plus the maturing of Vasilevsky. And we talk the about GM, Coleman. The GM with the Coleman. Like, hey, let's talk Coleman. Goodrow, great acquisitions. But what about Maroon, okay? Who Cooper had playing junior in St. Louis, if I believe, in the North American League. What about Savard? Talk about stepping up at the deadline and do getting Savard just to give them a little more depth. The GM deserves a ton of credit here, man. A ton of credit. Even, even what the pickup of McDonough from the New York Rangers, Mac. Right. How agree. that... How, where was Hedman's game before McDonough, and where did it go after McDonough? And you know what? I talked to a guy in, in Tampa a month ago, and he told me that nobody can undervalue the importance of McDonough to this hockey team. What he brings from a leadership perspective, what he brings from a professional, uh, professionalism of his game, what it takes to be a winner – this guy has set the tone, let me tell you. I remember in Columbus, my last year in Columbus, our big decision at the draft, big decision, and I was fired before the draft, but our big decision was McDonough or Voracek. That was the call that Don Boyd had to make at the draft table. McDonough or Voracek. Columbus went Voracek. 
turned out to be a great pick, although they traded him for nothing. But anyway, uh, Carter, I shouldn't say nothing, but he, he just didn't want to be there. But anyway, that was the decision. That's how much McDonough was thought of in those days. University of Wisconsin, and he has lived up to his expectations, let me tell you. Well, we'll see what happens tonight, Mac. Uh, we could be looking at a, a season in review uh, on Wednesday's show. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, um, mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, Let's hope not. Let's hope we're, we're cheering for Montreal. We're, we're, cheering, we're cheering for Montreal. I, I I'm not ready to uh, hey. end the season tonight. Knowing, knowing the, the province of Quebec, they will probably come out with an announcement today that if Montreal win the, and they bring it back to Montreal, they'll let 8,000 in the building next time. Because they're letting you over the border. They've they got are. Less, they've got to allow at least 8,000 in the building. So that means they only have 22,000 outside the building, nose to nose. Wanted to get your thoughts before I let you go, Mac. Uh, and we're going to wrap this up, uh, get everybody ready for game four. But just your thoughts on uh, a guy like Duncan Keith. We talk about some of the be best teams in the last 10 years. Chicago, certainly one of them. But they've got to get Duncan Keith's salary off the books next year. Edmonton seems to be a logical choice. They've got some interest. Can he still play 20 minutes for Connor McDavid, Mac? Can he still be an impact player? Or is that just asking too much? I think, look, his salary drops down dramatically. So he's a million and a half dollar player, which which is attractive to some lesser teams, not, not the Oilers in particular. But I think they need they need help on their back end. He's still good enough to be a number four guy for me, a number four guy with tremendous character and a winner. And I mean, the interesting thing is Chicago are they going to make a big push for Seth Jones? You've talked about that. You believe that. Does Caleb Jones go in the deal for Keith? Does that entice Seth Jones to sign long-term in Chicago? Is there some little game we're missing? I remember Brian Burke when he acquired Robbie Niedemeyer, and I was so pissed off at the time. I was offered Mike Sillinger to Craig Button for Robbie Niedemeyer because I wanted him in Columbus, and he moved him to Berkey. I was so disappointed. Because I was wanting to get Robbie Niedemeyer so then we could take a push for Scott. And uh, I, I missed the boat on that. Berkey beat me to it. And I, is that a little bit in play here with Caleb and Seth and Keith going? I, I think Keith, I think, look, Kruffbaum, there's word that he may not play again. Like, this defense yeah. needs some stability. Can Keith bring enough of that? I think he's a number four guy. But yeah. I love, you love him. No, I hear the same thing about Clefbaum, that this, unfortunately, this shoulder injury could be something that he can never recover from. So sounds like tough decisions coming down the pike for, uh, for Clefbaum. But they're going to need something. I, I, love, I love the presence that a Duncan Keefe can bring to that dressing room and alleviate some of that, that leadership role for a guy like Connor McDavid. I think Great it would time. be huge. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. No question that Duncan Keefe's days are over in Chicago. It's just a matter of where he ends up. Mac, on a sadder note, uh, we do hear uh, news out of the Columbus Blue Jackets that uh, they've lost a top prospect goalie, uh, an unfortunate accident uh, in the last, uh, what, 24, 
36 hours, Mac. What do you know and what can you tell us? Just devastating news. Kid, Kid Lennox, uh, the goaltender from Cleveland Monsters, the American Hockey League, who really they had penciled in to be the backup this year. They were worried about Seattle maybe taking the expansion out. Devastating news. 24-year-old died yesterday. Nobody really has too many details yet. Uh, but this is a kid fans may remember. He's the guy in Latvia that shut out Team Canada at the World Championships this year, won nothing in that game, and looked like he was going to be a, a top young gold. Under devastating news, obviously sympathy to the family, uh, sympathy to the Blue Jackets family, devastating news. Our condolences all the way around from the organization yeah. to the family, Mac. But, man, oh, man, this – I know this is uh, an organization that's near and dear to your heart for obvious reasons, but they've, they've got to catch a break here. They've, they've got to, there's got to be a way to kind of turn this energy around for this organization because, as you said um, on many times, this is, this is a great place to play. Yeah, it's really sad. And you know what? It, 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 you hope that it's going to turn now that, you know, this is, this is, I mean, Seth Jones leaving and, and wanting to leave is one thing. This is tragic. And this is, you know, this sets you on your heels. I mean, you know, I remember being in Columbus when, when the little girl, Brittany Cecil, was killed with a puck. And I'm thinking, oh, this, this, this can't happen. What is going on? But it just seems like it's uh, the franchise has had to take a lot of hits. So let's hope. But uh, anyway, it, it is a sad day for the Blue Jackets and the, uh, and the, their, the Blue Jacket family and obviously – this young player's family, tough, tough. This was, uh, and, and that, that led to the mesh going all the way around the back of the glass. So that, uh, mm -hmm. at least, you know, it, it led to making sure that accident never happened again, didn't it, Mac? I remember I, I phoned the, the, the father of, the, she died at 5.30 on a Sunday night. I got a call from my PR people telling me it happened. I phoned the family that night. I phoned, I got the dad on the phone and just, you know, talking, apologizing, talking. And I said, is there anything I can do for the family? He said, this is what he said to me. Yeah, there's something you can do. Get nets up. That's what he said to me on the phone when his 13-year-old daughter had passed that afternoon. And you know what? The league stepped up and it, uh, it, it it's amazing how quick it happened. And Brittany Cecil, that's, that's the that's the one thing I'll never forget going to that funeral in Dayton, Ohio, and I'm sitting there at a funeral of a 13 year old kid who was killed by a puck at one of our games. It was it was a devastating time. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's always tragic when you lose, uh, you know, a, a, a somebody close to your team and organization. Our thoughts and prayers to the family and the Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh organization all right mac just on a on a final thought here gallagher said that they're not done yet uh, we expect the best effort tonight out of montreal at least one that'll give them a chance to stay in the hockey game through 60 minutes okay i'm going to play golf today i haven't played in th almost five weeks because of my vertigo i'm going to play today if i have a 50 on the front nine i'm quitting and coming home. <laughs> So that's Montreal. If they have a 50 on the front nine, they're done. Uh, is, is, is down 2 nothing a 50 in the front nine? 3 nothing is – oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're down – if you're down 2 nothing like they were last time, that's a 51 at least with a couple of, <laughs> with, with a couple of mulligans. 
Well, we're, we're glad that your, your vertigo seems to be lightening up. I think the acupuncture in the big toe is the key in all of this. And, and they, uh, Canadians may, may need a little acupuncture in their ass to win tonight. <laughs> Maybe that'll be their off-season training then. <laughs> all right, Mac. Thanks for the effort. Glad to been able to bring this uh, show to you on the road. I'm going to try and attempt to cross the border today without quarantine, Mac. Uh, keep your fingers crossed for me. And we'll keep the fingers crossed for the Montreal Canadian fans who, who need a win tonight, Mac, to salvage uh, what has really gone on in the last five, six weeks. Make sure you do what I did when I brought the 80 cigars across the border. Jill had 40 in her car and I had four in the RV and I had 40 in mine. You're allowed 50 each, so make sure you don't mess with customs. I just hope the cheap booze. Hide the cheap booze. How many how many bags from Target are you allowed over the border? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Wear as much as you can. <laughs> All right. Doug McLean, everybody out of PEI, Nick Kiprios in the Finger Lakes on my way back to Canada. We'll see what happens this week, whether or not Wednesday we're talking about a recap show or possibly previewing game five. Nick Kiprios on the road. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Jordan, great effort as always. Enjoy watching game four tonight.